Well, <clears throat> greetings and happy Good Friday to to everyone. This is a special edition of um, of uh, my episode or my podcast, I guess I'll call them. And uh, <clears throat> this one is re- directly relating to the fact that it's Good Friday. Uh, and I want to take just a, a moment to encourage you, one that your faith would arise uh, because it really is a Good Friday. It's good that uh, on this day we recognize that that Messiah gave his life for us. He gave his life for us. And not only that we would have life eternal, but that we would be given the power and authority that he is given after his resurrection, uh, where he says, all power and authority has been given to me. This is a, this is a huge message uh, from, from him to us. And, uh, and then he commissions us to go and do the things that, that he has done, and even more so. Uh, and that includes, you know, resurrecting the dead, healing the sick. It, re- it includes um, walking through darkness, but doing so as the light. It includes the fact that we will stand up against powers and principalities, and we will have the victory, not because of us, but because of him, because all authority has been given him. I want to just re- remind you by reading this this portion of, of scripture to you. And this is related to uh, him giving his life. I would remind you that as he approached this time, he celebrates a Passover Seder, a uh, Pesach Seder, with, with the disciples. <clears throat> and it's at that time that he says, I have looked forward to or looked very much forward to celebrating this dinner with you. He knows what's going to take place after this dinner. He knows that he's going to have to give his life. And he looked forward to this event. He looked forward uh, to the celebration of him as the perfect Lamb of God. What a, what a powerful, powerful message for us. I've been sharing with you out of John, so I think it's appropriate that we go back to the Gospel of John in 1917. I want to read these words. Then they took Yeshua, they took Jesus. He went out carrying his own crossbar to the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side. Yeshua, Jesus, is in between. Pilate also wrote a sign and put it, in the, put it on the execution stake. It was written, Yeshua, or Jesus, ha Nazareth. the Nazarene, the king of the Jews. Many Judeans read this sign because the place where Yeshua, where Jesus was crucified or executed, was near the city. It was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. The ruling leaders, the the priests, the Kohanim of the Judeans were saying to Pilate, don't write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate responds to this. He says, what I have written, I have written, Pilate answered. To the soldiers, when they executed Yeshua Jesus, so the soldiers, when they executed Yeshua, Yeshua Jesus, took his 
outer garments and made four parts, a part for each soldier. They took his tunic also, but it was seamless, woven top to bottom in one place. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see whose it will be. This was so the scripture would be fulfilled. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. That quote is from Psalm 22, 19, part of 18. The point being, for you and I, that this is, this is a time in which Messiah gave of his life for you and I. So that no matter where or what we're facing today, no matter what darkness we're up against, Messiah has declared victory for us. He's declared victory for us. And he's won the victory. Father, I just pray for all of those who are listening to this uh, podcast, uh, no matter what time they get it, whether they get it on Good Friday or uh, sometime afterwards. I pray not only a rejoicing in the grace that has been extended us, not only would that be spontaneous in and through us, but Lord, that there would be an arising of your spirit, of your Holy Spirit, of this messianic anointing and faith that would be in us to overcome, to overcome all of the works of the adversary, to overcome all that we face. Reminded of the 23rd Psalm, Lord. Yea, or although I walk through that valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That Psalm reminds us that that he prepares a table, a feast before us. Even in the presence of all of our adversaries, and I would say that would be spiritual and physical that we might see around us, he prepares a table before us. What a, what a wonderful... It, it talks about him being our leader, walking us beside places that are calm. There's so much there. But I want to remind you today, he's with you. And because of what we commemorate tonight, he has won the victory for you. Know it, walk in it, believe it, fall deeper in love with him. In the mighty name of Messiah, my dear ones, amen and amen. Well, shalom, my friends. Here it is, uh, the 20th of April, and uh, talking to you out of uh, the Gospel of John 8, uh, chapter 8. And, you know, I'm just, I, I'm so moved every time I read this this passage in John. And, of course, I think everyone knows, uh, who knows me, that I am a, a huge fan of uh, the Johannine uh, literature, which is uh, the Gospel of John, uh, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and, and uh, Revelation. Had the opportunity to teach this for many years. 
at a uh, small Bible college in Oregon. As I'm thinking about what uh, the Johannian literature means or what, what the Gospel of John specifically is, is focused on, today my mind kept coming back to this idea, this concept of, of blessing blockers. Um, and, and blessing blockers can be, can be a, a move of, of the demonic that would stop a blessing. Uh, it can be our flesh that would stop a uh, blessing. It can be, um, it can be many, many things. Of course, it can be objects. Uh, it, it can be the Holy Spirit that will, that will even put off a blessing for a season or uh, maybe not block the blessing, but, but cause, uh, cause the blessing not necessarily to be delayed, but to cause uh, the blessing perhaps to come in a way that maybe we didn't expect, uh, or or perhaps even make the blessing even more abundant, which I, I think what we see with the Holy Spirit does often. In in chapter eight, we see Messiah making this declaration. He says, "If he be lifted up, that he will draw all men, uh, or that that you will know who he is and do." Uh, or sorry, let me try this again. Verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 28 says, uh, Yeshua said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know who I am. I do nothing myself, but speak what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, because I always do what is pleasing to him. And I thought about that in terms of, of you know, our response and as disciples of Yeshua, as disciples of Jesus, how we're also, our heart should be to be set on, on doing that that, are, that is always pleasing to the Father. And that can be a really difficult thing, especially uh, sometimes when we're in conflict or, or dealing with conflict. Uh, the question, what is pleasing to the Father here? Uh, the issues of, of our own... Uh, encumbrances, our own flesh, or even sometimes how we feel about ourselves. You know, there are many times that people, and, and even disciples or, or believers in Christ, believers in Messiah, will gird themselves up on what they think are the kind of religious notion of who they think they should be. And by religious notion, I mean, I mean they think of themselves or we think of ourselves, because I'll put myself in here too, we think of ourselves as, as people who have matured in the Lord to the extent that we know uh, what is best, sometimes even thinking we know what is best for others. And we see blessings coming the, the way or on their way to other people, and there are times that those blessings can be something that we can respond to either out of jealousy, like what we see with the Pharisees, uh, there's a point just prior to this uh, chapter that we see or that that the Pharisees, you know, the, the leaders, the Judean leaders want to stone, they want to kill Jesus. Uh, they want to kill the Messiah, uh, not because they are so jealous that they cannot see that this Messiah really is uh, the blessing that God had promised all these many years. Man, I think it becomes so paramount as a warning for all of us that we would not either let our own religiosity, our own maturity, or where we think we are in our maturity, to block even what to block even what 
it is that we are called to do. Um, somehow we get in that we allow things to get in the way to to in, be an encumbrance. We allow things to get in the way to instead of instead of blessing those whom we see blessings are coming to, instead of honoring and, and, and giving thanks to God for those things, we sometimes get jealous. We sometimes, in our own piety, uh, say, well, this isn't really what I wanted for them, or I don't think that's what's best for them. You know, the, the arrogance, uh, and I can say it this way, the arrogance of that. I can say it this way because I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I've been there. That I think, I think well, this is, this, is the, this is the thing in which I didn't really want to see come to their life right now. I don't think is, is, is the best for them. You know, it's kind of like somebody who would win a, a million dollars and we'd look at them and go, you know, that's not going to be good for their family. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes that is true. But the reality is we as God's people want to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And I think it's far better that we rejoice with those who are rejoicing than we do, than, than we then we put ourselves in a position that are as naysayers, that we put ourselves in a position in, in which we contradict the very moves of God. It would be far better. And, and this is one of the things that I think is, is really important that we, that we get out of this. It is far better to rejoice in what the Holy Spirit is doing, even raining good things upon people whom, whom maybe we don't even, maybe in our judgment, they, we don't think that they deserve it or we don't think it's the right time for it. Um, you know, we're not God. And I'm saying this because, and this isn't just speaking for my own personal life. I'm saying this because this text, Jesus is talking about setting them free. He's talking about giving them liberty. But, but yet because of the piety and because of the, the religiosity and because of the, because of the jealousy uh, and because of the fact that they don't think that this is right, for these people, or even somebody, uh, you know, like the, the the forgiveness of a sinful woman that we see also captured in, in these chapters, uh, the, the healing of a man born blind, all of these things that are going to happen, people, they sit in judgment of what has happened and, and almost as if they want to be that blessing blocker. The, the man born blind uh, that we're going to see coming up, the Pharisees and the religious leaders will not rejoice with him over the fact that he received sight. And it's actually kind of comical, the interchange that will happen. But we, as God's people, are called not to be blessing blockers. We are called not to be people who stand in the way. In fact, there is a real warning against, and we will see that in the pages ahead, and we'll see that in the other Gospels as well. There's a real warning against calling something that God is doing in the miraculous, calling that and saying that it is of the devil. In fact, here in this passage, the Pharisees actually accuse Messiah of having a demon. That's part of a blessing blocker. That is part of saying, well, you're only doing these miracles because of something that is false, something that is demonic. Listen, we are called to be people who stand up and rejoice with those who, who are seeing good things. We are called to be people who rejoice and cooperate and partner with the Holy Spirit. When God sends a blessing, when God... When God, when God gives a blessing, we should rejoice. We should surround and encourage and not judge. We are to be people who partner with the Holy Spirit. We are to be people who rejoice in the works of the Holy Spirit. And dear ones, as I'm, as I'm saying this to you, I'm not saying this to you out of a, 
out of a pattern of, of somebody or, or saying that I have attained attained a place. What I'm saying is, even as you read it, if you were to take the time to read all of chapter 8, and I'm telling you, it would be a blessing to you. But if you were to take the time to read all of chapter 8, you would you would see the many times that the religiosity, that selfishness, that, that jealousy, that all of the many things that, that occur, even the accusation that the works of the Holy Spirit are somehow demonic. And by the way, uh, that is, uh, that is a, a classification of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I would caution you very carefully, do not put yourself in a position to, where you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit, where you're saying that something that was of God or is of God is somehow something that is of the devil or, or somehow something that's of the flesh. Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And when God has brought and done great things, people rejoice. Rejoice. Don't be a blessing blocker or a blessing muter. By muting, I, I mean, you know, muffling the, the rejoicing by saying, yeah, well, I'm just not really sure that's good for them. I'm not really sure. You know, and I, I, I know I have been guilty here. I have been guilty here. Uh, instead of rejoicing with those who have found a good thing, uh, I have been one who, is, who has been that muffle, that, that kind of, well, we'll see. You know, dear one, I don't want to be that one. I don't want to be that one. And I hope your heart is there with me too. Do not be a blessing blocker, but rejoice with what the work of the Holy Spirit is. And I just pray that these words that I speak today will be a blessing to you. And that as you respond to them, that you're, you, are, you are a people and a person, a disciple of Messiah who rejoices in what is good. Who rejoices in what is good and do not give credit to the devil for things that God is doing. I also know what that feels like as well. I just want to say to you, say to you, rejoice, rejoice. Even in, in whatever it is you're dealing with today, rejoice. Because God's desire is that we would be people who would seek to please Him in all that we do. And that comes right back to that verse. Don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit in His work, but seek to please the Father in all that we do. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the power of your word today. I thank you, Father God, for the promise of your word. I pray that you would help us not to be blessing blockers, but to be people who rejoice in the blessing of what you're doing. People who rejoice in the honor, Father God, that you have given us to cooperate and partner with the Holy Spirit's work right now. And God, we just ask by the presence of your Holy Spirit that you would work a new work in us that we would be people who would rejoice in the works of the Holy Spirit and that we would not accuse, that we would not be people who would judge falsely. Be a people who honor your name above all and seek to please the Father. And we pray this in the holy and matchless name of Messiah. Amen. Well, shalom, my friends. I pray that this these words find you in good place and that you are blessed beyond, uh, uh, beyond uh, uh, what would be your expectation. And uh, yeah, I pray for wholeness and healing for you in Messiah's precious name. Amen.